readers, welcome to Your Bookstore Besties. We're your hosts, Rachel and Becky, best friends who met while working at an indie bookstore. We love chatting about all things books, and we're so happy that you joined today. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Becky. And Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Becky. Um, So we have kind of a special episode today. We're going to play a game, but I have invited two guests to play the game along with us. Um, My first guest is Daniel. Daniel, say hi. What up? Uh, Daniel and I met in 94 when he came out of my mother's <laughs> womb. Um, so we share two parents and I have known him for 28 ish years. No, going on 29, something like that. That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, my next guest is Jesse. Um, Jesse and I met in college. We both worked at Chick-fil-A together. Jesse say hello. Hell yeah. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah. So, um, Rachel, what is your fun fact today? Um, my fun fact is that I hate root beer. Ooh. Is that I a agree. fun fact? R- root beer is horrible. I refuse to drink it. I love it. it. I think if I had to drink a soda, it would be root beer. No. Oh, Why? Yeah. Any soda? I mean, I don't like soda, but if I had to choose, it would be root beer. You, you seem like a ginger ale girl or something. Okay. No, I do like ginger ale. I do like, ginger, <laughs> like a ginger beer. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I co-sign Rachel. I hate root beer too. Yeah, root beer is awful. Becky, what's your definitely interesting fun fact? Oh, it's so interesting. Um, In 2013, Andreas and I had been dating for a year, and he left to go to um, grad school, and I bought a cactus because I was sad, and I still have that cactus to this day. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Does the cactus have a name? Actually, no. No, it's a little sad looking, but um, definitely still have it and still still alive. Yeah, it's been alive for 10 years with no name. I wouldn't say it's thriving, but it's definitely alive. (laughs) Oh, that's like a beautiful metaphor for your love or something. Oh, I guess we want your love to be thriving. No, because we're thriving. We're not dead. (laughs) Exactly. Not dead. Jesse, what's your fun fact? Okay, mine is timely because uh, I don't know if y'all saw, but Joe Jonas and Sophie Mm. Turner... Mm-hmm. Or getting a divorce. Um, so I used to live in New York for a while. And the first year I was there, I ran into the Jonas Brothers three times. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. Within a span of months. It was so wild. One time, um, Nick Jonas actually like barreled into me on the street on the Upper East Side. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, that was Nick Jonas. <laughs> and I like tried to take a photo of him, but I just got like the back of his leather jacket. But, oh, well. At least yeah. he's polite. I, I've always been a Jonas Brothers girl. Yes. I was so he was so nice you, you touched him yeah I touched him and the funniest thing was is I tweeted about it and then all of a sudden I had like 2,000 Jonas Brothers followers like all, you know they're all like messaging me like oh my gosh like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal that's funny that's crazy but yeah it was cool he was he was super polite okay Daniel what's your fun fact my fun fact is that when I was in 11th grade the Hunger Games came out, and I saw it 12 times in theaters. <gasps> Great taste. Honestly, Daniel, yes. That is a full day's worth. That's over full days, right? That thing's at least two hours. 12 yeah, times, like times two. Hour. Yeah, it's like right. two and a half hours, yeah. Yeah, that was yep. a full day you spent watching that movie. I, like, saved up for it. I was paying and change, like. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so cute. <laughs> Did you go by yourself every time? Sometimes. I try to always take someone with me, but, like, no. I didn't have Did that Becky many ever friends. go? <laughs> I didn't go with Daniel, no. Becky? I mean, I saw the movie, but I was away. I lived in Wisconsin at the time. I would, like. Uh. <laughs> 
Anyways, um, great. Well, good, good to good to meet everybody. Um, so I'm going to explain um, the rules of our game um, for our listeners, and I'm calling this literature balderdash. So if you've ever played like the board game version of balderdash, you may kind of have an idea. So each of us have brought to the table um, three books, and um, what we're all going to do is read the back cover of our book. Well, we're going to tell you the book. We're going to read the back cover of the book. And then, so I'll go first and I'll tell you my book, read the back cover. And I have the correct first line of the book written down, but Rachel, Daniel, and Jesse are going to try to write what they think the first line of the book is. They're going to send it to me and then I'm going to read all four. And um, the pointing goes thus, um, a player scores one point for every vote their answer receives. A player scores one point for guessing the correct answer. A player scores two points if their bluff closely resembles the correct answer. And the dasher, which is the person with the actual correct book line, is awarded two points if none of the players choose the correct answer. Um, so I think it's going to be really fun. Um, we may have to, I don't know if we'll get through all three of our books. We'll have to see what, what time looks like. Yeah, do your but, best ones um, first. <laughs> yeah, do your best ones first. Yeah. Since I'm bringing the game to you guys, I'll go first with... Um, my um, first book, um, Ooh, and a okay. lot of you guys should know this one. Um, so it's Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, and oh, no. it's funny because the back of my book doesn't actually have like the plot because um, everyone should know what the plot is. But I found like a little blurb online. Jane Austen called this brilliant work her own darling child, and its vivacious heroine, Elizabeth Bennet, as delightful a creature as ever appeared in print. The romantic clash between the opinionated Elizabeth and her proud beau, Mr. Darcy, is a splendid performance of civilized sparing. And Jane Austen's radiant wit sparkles as her characters dance a delicate quadrille of flirtation and intrigue, making this book the most superb comedy of manners of Regency England. All right, guys, so you guys are going to email me what you guys think the first line is. Oh my gosh. You know why this is hard, Becky? <gasps> why? Because I think I know the first line. No, you line. probably do. I think you do. That's why <laughs> I think you do, Rachel, because I think I do too, and I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> We're both going to have versions that are like just yeah. <laughs> absolutely horrible versions of the actual first line. So oh insulting. Gosh. Okay. To- oh my gosh. Oh my oh gosh. gosh. This is so stressful. Okay. Jane Austen, I'm Should sorry, Jane. the Jeopardy theme song as I go <laughs> do, 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 do. I'm probably gonna cut this out anyways <laughs> just okay that's fine who are the characters in this book <laughs> I mean, we're writing one sentence right Mr. one line Mr. Darcy um we're writing the whole book <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie is the main character Elizabeth Bennett okay all right you guys ready all right here are the answers here's the first one at such a time, a young woman reaches a certain age. She becomes valued only by her possession of a husband. Number two, if there is one true thing I know, it is this. The one and only goal of a woman in this age is this, to find a good husband in want of a wife. Three, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a, lo- a wife. <laughs> Four, <laughs> Do you want to send it to me and I can no, read I it? it. Okay. <laughs> no, I think I'm just... I'm going to put it to you. Sorry. Oh, my God. Elizabeth was 10. <laughs> <laughs> so you're making me laugh. Elizabeth was tending to the laundry. Has <laughs> As she heard a rather harsh knock at the front door. <laughs> sorry. Oh, okay. Let's vote. <laughs> okay. It's that, one, that one sounds like a winner. <laughs> the fact that there was an error in it too just made it better. Oh, no. It was, 
All God. right, so there was one, two, and three. Uh, do you guys remember? I vote C. Yeah, C. Okay. Daniel, what are you voting? Well, C. <laughs> oh, we, all, we all should have had to like put our choices in the chat at the same time or something. Oh, so that's a good shoot. idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you guys all got one point for guessing correctly. Wait, and then I like, had the word oh. possession, oh, which right. I feel okay. like is very impressive. But I, but hers was a lot more clever than mine because hers was about the man. I would, actually, I would give Jesse and Rachel one point. It sounds really close. At such a my time, end, a young woman. My reaches, beginning is so awful, but my end is it has the the bones. You know, if there's one mm-hmm. true thing I know is this: the one and only goal of a woman in this age is this to find a good husband, one of a wife. I I would give I would both I would give both of you guys. Say, is it two points or one point for getting close? Yeah, it's two Come points. On, I'm going to give you both. I'm giving you both. I love it. I You're so jealous. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. You physically uh, could not read that. I'm so, so sorry. Funny. I'm so, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> you no, said you were going to do it with a straight face I, and I you absolutely okay. could not. Could not. Oh, but it okay. was just laundry and a knock at the door. I thought it was going to be scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This so, is my little brother chose, you know, a woman doing laundry as for <laughs> <laughs> the 1600s. It was the 1820s, but okay. Thank you. We'll unpack that on another episode. Yeah. Okay, Rachel. Okay, go, go with so, yours. so you didn't read a synopsis, but I'm going to read the synopsis of mine because it's okay. not a classic. Yeah. Um, okay, so mine is called The Shadow of the Wind. And it says, Barcelona, 1945. A city slowly heals from its war wounds. And Daniel, oh, an antiquarian book dealer's son who mourns the loss of his mother, finds solace in the mysterious book entitled The Shadow of the Wind by one Julian C- Carrick's. I don't know. But when he sets out to find the author's other works, he makes he makes a shocking discovery. Someone has been systematically destroying every copy of every book Carrick's has written. In fact, Daniel may have the last of his books in existence. Soon Daniel's seemingly innocent quest opens a door into one of Barcelona's darkest secrets, an epic story of murder, madness, and doomed love. Ooh. Okay. Okay. The first one. Daniel had never much liked reading. Two. I still remember the day my father took me to the cemetery of forgotten books for the first time. Mm-hmm. Three. It is every woman's dream in this day and age to find a good husband. <laughs> and four. Daniel heard a thud from the street as he pulled the dusty book off the shelf. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> 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 okay, you guys are are wordsmiths, but it was too. Uh, Let's yes. go. All right, so forgotten books. <laughs> all right, we got the guess one. I don't think any none of those were close to the original. So, all right, Jesse, let's go. Let's hear your book. Okay, I chose one of this podcast's favorite books, Book <gasps> Lovers by Emily <gasps> Henry. Oh shoot! Yeah, this book changed my life. I had just been in a slump and it got me back reading. So the background is a little long. Bear with me. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Nora Stevens' life is books. She's read them all. And she is not that type of heroine. Not the plucky one, not the laid back dream girl, and especially not the sweetheart. In fact, the only people Nora is a heroine for are her clients, for whom she lands enormous deals as a cutthroat literary agent and her beloved little sister, Libby which is why she agrees to go to Sunshine Falls, North Carolina for the month of August when Libby begs her for a sister's trip away. With visions of small town transformation for Nora, who's convinced 
who she's convinced needs to become the heroine in her own story. But instead of picnics in meadows or run-ins with a handsome country doctor or bulging four-armed bartender, Nora keeps bumping into Charlie Lastra, a bookish brooding editor from back in the city. It would be a meet-cute if not for the fact that they've met many times and it's never been cute. If Nora knows she's not an ideal heroine, Charlie knows he's nobody's hero. But as they are thrown together again and again in a series of coincidences no editor worth their salt would allow, what they discover might just unravel the carefully crafted stories they've written about themselves. Nice read. Well done. Thank you. Okay. Good job you can read. <laughs> I've been working on it for 28 years, you know. I really love this game because I went through a couple of different options and it really gives you an appreciation for how thoughtful mm, authors mm-hmm. are about the first line, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see if it translates up for podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. The no-name dive bar was packed to the brim, loud, humid, and damp with a press of people when I happened to see the person I despise the most sitting in a booth in the corner. Two. Nora was being broken up with. Again. Three. Nora and Libby were passing the time at the local library when Charlie walked in. They wanted to punch him in the face. And four. When books are your life, or in my case, your job, you get pretty good at guessing where a story is going. Some of those are really good. (laughs) Do you need need to hear any again? No. Okay. Okay, you ready? Oh. Nice. Okay. Okay. So the correct answer was four. So Becky uh, and Rachel. Daniel guessed two. Who was two? And two was you, Becky. Oh, thank you, Daniel. All right. Now is back to me. All right. This book. Excuse you. Oh, shoot. Sorry. (laughs) My bad. I'm sorry, little little bro. Go ahead, little bro. Daniel. (laughs) Okay. I don't um, mean myself. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> I read the, I read this book in in like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. It's called Chasing Vermeer. Oh. When a book of unexplainable occurrences brings Petra Andali and Calder Pillay together, strange things start to happen. Seemingly unrelated events connect, and eccentric old sorry, an eccentric old woman seeks their company and an invaluable Vermeer painting disappears. Before they know it, the two find themselves at the center of an international art scandal where Ooh. no one, neighbors, parents, teachers, is spared from suspicion as Petra and Calder are drawn clue by clue into a mysterious labyrinth. They must draw on their powers of intuition, their Ooh. problem-solving skills, and their knowledge of Vermeer. Can they decipher a crime that has left even the FBI baffled? Ooh. Did you hear any words were in that? That was a lot of words. That was impressive. Good reading on your part. Yeah, good yeah. reading. Good reading. Um, I know this book because it's illustrated by uh, Brett Helquist, who illustrated right. the series of unfortunate events. <gasps> True. Yeah. Fun fact. Cool. <laughs> okay. Here we go. One. Petra was simply and unequivocally baffled at what laid in front of her. Two. On a warm October night in Chicago, three deliveries were made in the same neighborhood. Petra grew up visiting the museum every weekend in the hot and humid summers. Four. I can never remember. Is it art that imitates life or life that imitates art? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Okay, those were really good. I'm not going to lie. Those were really good. Well done. 
it's because I didn't participate this time. Stop it. No, Daniel, it's because you chose a good book. Yeah, you chose a great book. Daniel, what was yours last round? <laughs> Punching in the face. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I, for a second, I was like, did that actually happen? You know? <laughs> It got me for well, a second. It sounded actually, for the first part of it, before I throw that in there, it sounded pretty similar to some of the other ones. So I was like, dang it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Okay, ready? I guess two. Oh, we all guessed two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Here's the, here's the most basic one. <laughs> it's because it was so different than the other ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm starting to see like how I could how I could play this. I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to game it. Ooh, she's trying to game. Okay. In that case, now it is my turn again. (laughs) Sorry, Daniel. Are you keeping track of points? Where do we stand after the first round? um, Right now, Rachel has five. Becky has four. Daniel has three. and No, Daniel has two, sorry. And Jesse has five. Ooh, me and Jesse. All right. So my next book is Red Rising, which Andreas is actually rereading it right this moment. So I had to to read it on Goodreads for the back. Uh, Darrow is a red, a member of the lowest caste in the color-coded society of the future. Like his fellow reds, he works all day believing that he and his people are making the surface of Mars livable for future generations. Yet he spends his life willingly knowing that his blood and sweat will one day result in a better world for his children. But Darrow and his kind have been betrayed. Soon he discovers that humanity already reached the surface generations ago. Vast cities and sprawling parks spread across the planet. Darrow and reds like him are nothing more than slaves to a decadent ruling class. Inspired by a longing for justice and driven by the memory of lost love, Darrow sacrifices everything to infiltrate the legendary institute, a proving ground for the dominant gold caste where the next generation of humanity's overlords struggle for power. He will be forced to compete for his life and the very future of the civilization against the best and most brutal of society's ruling class. There he will stop at nothing to bring down his enemies, even if it means he has to become one of them to do so. And if I did not mention, it was it's by uh, Pierce Brown. See, this is a frustrating one because I've read this book, but it's been so long. Mm. You got this. All right. You guys are good. Okay. Here's number one. Darrow awoke knowing that he had to go to slave. Sorry. Darrow awoke knowing that he had to go slave in the helium mines again. So he quietly slipped on his gray suit, kissed Ao on the forehead and tipped out the door. Number two. As Darrow took his first step into the clearing, a red cloud of dust rose from underneath his boots. Number three. The clock struck three, the sweat sticky hot against his forehead as the drill started to malfunction beneath him, groaning and whining in protest. Number four, I would have lived in peace, but my enemies brought me war. Oh, oh, dang. Good round. Okay, I had a guess and then now I'm not sure. All right, you guys ready for your guess? Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Has anyone here read Red Rising besides me and you? Daniel did. No, I haven't. I have my answer. Okay. All right. (gasps) Oh, wait, wait, sorry, Becky, can you do... Oh, dang it. Wait. Okay, so I guessed four. Uh-huh. Daniel guessed three. three. Okay, okay. I was misreading guessed, the chat. one. Um, the answer is four. Yes. Oh, so, let's see. Rachel got two, um, three. Who wrote three? I think that was... Was that the... No. Clock struck, the clock struck three. This That's Rachel. So I wrote uh, that. Rachel gets a point. And Daryl... Oh, so Daniel gets a point because Jesse guessed that. You completely butchered it, Becky. <laughs> it was so good, you know, Daniel. You know why I asked that question? Because I was like, wait, that it has to be one because someone mentioned a side character that wasn't mentioned in this, in this synopsis. That's she what I thought. Told, she was mentioned. Said, wasn't she? No. No. 
Mm, okay. That's why I voted for it. I was like, ooh, but I should have. <laughs> That's known. why I asked the follow up question. But as soon as I heard the last one, I was like, no, I do remember that opening. Yeah, this line. is Andres' favorite book because of the first line. I would have lived in peace and my enemies brought me where he's like, oh, such a good first line. It is a very <laughs> like, good really? first line. Mm-hmm. All right, Rachel, what you got for us? Oh, shoot. It's my turn. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do Zero Days by Ruth oh, Ware. Um, okay, so Jack Cross and her husband Gabe are the best security penetration speciali- specialists in the business. Hired by companies to test the strengths and weaknesses of their systems, Jack handles the physical break-ins while Gabe tackles the digital aspects. They make an excellent team outside of work, too. But after a routine assignment goes horribly wrong, Jack arrives home to find her husband dead. To add to her horror, the police are closing in on their only suspect, her. I'm going to stop there because that's the only part that matters. Okay. All right. I have all of them. All right. Let me put that there. All right. Number one. Jack, you're doing it wrong, yelled Gabe. Two. This wasn't the first time Jack had been close to an explosion. Three. The wall around the perimeter was child's play. Four. Most people use safes to keep people out, but to me, they're an invitation in. Ooh. Ready? Yeah. Go. Oh, we all guessed something different. Oh. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Never mind. Okay, so three, two, and two. Okay, it was three. Oh. So Ooh, Becky, yes. you got it right. The wall around the perimeter so was who, who did? Play. Who did two? Two was you, Becky. Oh, that was me. <laughs> this wasn't the first time Jack had been close to an explosion. Humble that was brag. <laughs> All of those were very good. They were yeah. very close. I feel like we're getting the hang of it and we're like, yeah, doing good. Okay, Jesse, what you got for us? Okay. So I picked a nonfiction book, which I don't know. Is that like too hard? Is that no, no, it's fine. fine. Okay. Fine. So this is Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino and it's a collection of essays. Uh, it's, the subtitle is Reflections on Self-Delusion, which I feel like is important. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Another long one. Gia Tolentino is a peerless voice of her generation, tackling the conflicts, contradictions, and sea changes that define us and our time. In this dazzling collection of nine entirely original essays written with a rare combination of give and sharpness, wit and fearlessness, she delves into the forces that wrap, that warp our vision. And then... Tolentino writes about a cultural prism, the rise of the nightmare social internet, the advent of scamming as the definitive millennial ethos. I feel like this is all you need to know is that she's super smart and she's making observations about the conflicts and contradictions of our time, which is why it's called Trick Mirror, Reflections on Self-Delusion. So the very first essay in it is called The Eye in the Internet. And this essay is about the nightmare social internet. The rise of the nightmare mm. social internet. Does that feel good? Do you need anything else? No, I think it's good. It's okay. good. It's good. It's a really great book. It was on Obama's um, book recommendations in 2019 when it came out. I think. Okay. That's how okay. I discovered it. Super I've never smart. heard of it. The book cover is very cool. Yeah, my favorite essay in it is about um, our obsession with optimization and this idea that it says here on the cover. Everyone should become more efficient and beautiful until we die. Mm. I'm like, whoa. In our capitalist society, it'd be like that. Can you read the title of the essay again? Yes. The I in Internet. 
Oh, the I in internet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like E Y E. So I was saying that too. <laughs> oh, no, no. The so I was like, I. Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has this scene in the optimization when I couldn't stop thinking about, and she talks about how people go to salad restaurants and they get their salad pre chopped. It's like literally, so you can sit at your desk and shovel food <laughs> that someone has already cut up for you mm. just so you can work during like what, the quicker. time you should be eating. Right. It's just, okay. and I was like, Oh, I've done that. Okay. One Facebook. Two. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You're not crazy. Social media is making us sick. Three. If there is one byproduct of social media's creation and meteoric rise, it's this, the delusion of the user into self-isolation. And four, in the beginning, the internet seemed good. Oh. Oh. Okay, so one is Facebook. Two is (laughs) Mm -hmm. social media is making you crazy. Uh Uh-huh. You're not crazy. Social media is making us sick. Three is if there is one byproduct of social media's creation and meteoric rise, it's this, the delusion of the user into self-isolation. And four is, in the beginning, the internet seemed good. Okay, that's really hard. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right, go. Oh, this is fun. It was four, so I get points. Okay, yeah, you get two points. All right, who had three? Three was Rachel's, I think, right? If there's one byproduct, yep. All right, so she gets two points. I was going to put four. Darn. What was two? And then two was yours, Becky. Okay. <laughs> You're not crazy. So she moves in. Okay. All right. Awesome. All right, I just put what? a lot of big words into mine. So. You know, yeah. That makes <laughs> Thanks you. for guessing it. The extra ad- It's the adjectives, man. Yeah. The more yeah. adjectives. It gets me every time. <laughs> it gets me every time. All right, Daniel, what you got for us? All right. This book is called How to Disappear Completely and Never Be Found. Ooh. All right, get ready. Is this fiction or is this actual self-help? Oh, no, no, no. This is fiction. <laughs> I, read this, I read this in fourth grade. Oh, oh okay. Uh, all right. Margaret always knew that her family was a little strange. Not that she was exactly normal herself. After all, she did do her sixth grade science report on a pack of killer chihuahuas. <laughs> Even stranger was the fact that Margaret's mother never seemed to talk about anything more anymore not since the mysterious drowning death of Margaret's father three years earlier. Then Margaret's mother takes her and her little sister, Sophie, to an old abandoned mansion and places a for sale by owner sign in the front yard. But who could have lived there? And why was her mother keeping it all such a secret? Convinced that her father's death, her mother's silence, and the mansion are somehow related, Margaret returns to the spooky old house alone, determined to make sense of Three clues, a swimming medal, a key, and a strange handwritten comic book about a boy who turned into a rat. With the help of Boyd, the lonely comic book obsessed boy next door, she discovers that truth can be stranger than fiction, depending upon who's telling the story. Okay. Okay. All right. Hmm. Wow. Main character is Margaret. Boom. All right. All right. Here we go. Oh, no. All right. Most stories start at the beginning, but I really can't say I know where that is. Mm-hmm. Margaret had always loved magic tricks. Uh, three. It wasn't until fourth grade that I realized it wasn't normal to eat fried mice with delicious fried tater tots. And the last one. The day my father drowned was the day I first began to disappear. 
Did you say fried mice? I did. All right, you guys ready? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay. It has to be three. Who's writing about fried mice? Uh, I did. No, it was one. I oh! win. <laughs> Who wrote fried mice? That was me. What, what the hell is wrong with you? Did you guys both? You both put. <laughs> I put three because it's so bizarre. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I was two. That was magic tricks, right, Daniel? Yeah. Yeah, that was mine. Oh my gosh. Wait, what was one? I already forgot. Most stories start at the beginning, but I really can't say I know where that is. Oh, that was a clever. That's a good line. But I thought I mean, they were all very obvious. different. I just thought it was so obvious. That's why I didn't go with it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, we're capable That's of that. It was so general. Yeah. So I was like looking for more specific. <laughs> wow. That's okay, Becky. Well, who won? Oh, okay. Um, see, Rachel has five. Rachel has 10. Did Becky I come has- from behind? Huh? Uh, probably, let's see. Rachel has 10. Becky has 10. Daniel has five. Jesse has eight. Nice. Okay, no, so the books are besties tied. We have, to, we have to break the tie. Okay. Um, I don't know how we would do that. Who's next? Just say whoever's next in the line. It's Becky. Is oh. it me? No, well, we, I can't well, do it. it, it Jesse, what's your last book? I'll do it. Oh, mine's a great one. Mine is Little Blue Truck by oh, Alice no. Shirtle. Illustrated by Joe Montgomery. It's a children's book. And the back of it says, Nay, said a horse. Quack, said a duck. Beep, said the friendly little blue truck. Little blue truck teaches a big, important dump truck the value of a few friendly beeps and a group of helping hands. Who's the main character? Oh, no. The little blue truck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so should it just be me and, me and uh, Rachel? Yeah, just like, well, I mean, well, uh, why don't we let Daniel do it too, just to make it harder? But only okay. one of you can win, obviously. Okay. I wonder how similar these will be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited. Okay. Keep, it, keep in mind, this book is written for your baby. Very small children. <laughs> well, when you said Little Blue Truck, I immediately knew what it was because we have that book at the store. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a favorite of Miles's. My two-year-olds for those unfamiliar. <laughs> these are great. Should we be children's book writers is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, should I try that? Yeah. If you have a good illustrator, you can really make a really good yeah, children's that's, book. Yeah, that's what it's about. Because illustration carries it at that age. Yeah. All right. Here we go. One. Hong Kong, said the little blue truck. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Horn went beep. Oh, that's good, too. (laughs) Oh, no. Three. The little blue truck was down on his luck. And four. I knew from the day I laid eyes on him that little blue blue truck would die a bloody death by my hand. (laughs) That was read by Daniel. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Can you read them once again, please? Yes, yes. (laughs) Excluding the last one. The first one was Hong Kong, said the little blue truck. The second one was Horn went beep. And the third one was the little blue truck was down on his luck. Okay. You ready, Rachel? Yes. All right. Oh, Oh, no. no. (laughs) We both guessed two. 
Um, wait, wait, wait. It is two oh, right? Two is correct. But, but I wrote one. Daniel guessed one. And so, yes, Rachel won. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was wow, fun. Wow, what a nail biter. That was a nail biter. <laughs> that was really fun. It was fun. I hope it's as fun yeah. as you guys listening. Um, this will be heavily ed- edited because of all the waiting. <laughs> so, waiting yeah. for answers. So, uh, by our standards, it's been 52 minutes. So, it's probably going to be like 20 or 30 for you listeners. But thank you guys so much for listening. Any um, Anyone want to do any last minute um, words to our listeners? Thank you to my junior year um, English teacher, Mrs. Ooh. Belafonte. Oh, that's good. Nice. Awesome. I'm just going to thank you all for having us. Yeah, thank it was you. a pleasure. Daniel, do you want to thank us? I would like to thank you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'd like no, to thank you, think. Daniel, for being such thank a great you, player. Yes. Yeah, honestly, the highlight. <laughs> All right, guys, we uh, will see you next week. And you know what? I don't know if I'm going to list every book that we mentioned. Um, We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. But all right, we'll see you guys (laughs) next week. Bye. Bye. Adios. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Your Bookstore Besties. Please like, share, and subscribe so more people can listen. Have a beautifully bookish day.